To all my heavy hitters and lockdown defenders, welcome to the Lockdown Davis Podcast, episode 62. We back in the building, man, each and every Tuesday, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. YouTube, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, AHA Radio, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast from, Google Podcasts as well. Wherever you get your popular podcast from, we are live and we are direct in your living rooms each and every Tuesday, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Are we back in the building for another great episode? Appreciate everybody's support and admiration has been rocking with us for 62 episodes, man. And we're going to keep doing this thing big for y'all, man. Uh, we got a good episode today. Uh, another good episode. I mean, I don't I don't try to deliver, you know, poor content in, in any fashion, anything I do. So uh, this is going to be another good one. And this was the episode I'm going to call the truth-telling episode. We're going to tell the truth about a lot of things today. Uh, you know, people may not want to hear it, but it's going to be the truth. That's what the bottom line is today. That's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about Ben Simmons. We're going to tell the truth about him. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, the Wizards and the Lakers. Tell the truth about that particular situation. We're gonna get, get into the NFL. We're gonna tell the truth about Aaron Rodgers. Uh, we're gonna tell the truth about how the NFL is shaking down. Uh, you, you know, regardless of who's a contender, who's not. You know, we're gonna talk about uh, Odell Beckham as well. Uh, in his uh, unceremonious uh, departure from the Cleveland Browns, and then we're gonna come to grips with uh, Bill Belichick and the Patriots. We'll talk about them as well. And then, of course, we'll get into our uh, injury report in, for the NFL this week, and we'll get into our breakdown of our high games of the week. Uh, didn't fare too well again this week. Another top six every week in the NFL. I think we went two and four <laughs> with our picks this week. It's been rough out here. It's been rough out here. Been doing good in fantasy, but, boy, I'm down bad in picks. Boy, I tell you, this this has been a rough year so far. But we still got time. We still got time. But um, we're going to get through that, and then we're going to get our, into our blind side head of the week. That's a good one that's going to come up uh, this week as well. And then we got to air out our grievance of the week. We got a one really big grievance that we want to air out uh, to the public this week. We want to talk about. Uh, actually, there's a couple of little underscoring topics here. Um, we're all sitting around the league mainly and one particular quarterback in New England. We want to talk about that as well. Then we get into our fourth quarter closeout as well. We're going to give out our awards for Breakout Player of the Week, Lockdown Defender of the Week, and Big Dummy of the Week. And uh, judging by what I talk about in, in, in the meat of the podcast, you're probably going to guess what the Big Dummy of the Week award is. But We'll, we'll get to that. We'll, we'll break it down for you nice and heavy. So uh, we appreciate everybody's support and love, man. We'll get into who's the news, man. Let's do it. So let's talk who's in the news. And here we go. Uh, I'm here to tell you this week that uh, I, I'm thinking about changing my profession, or at least my side profession, from sportscaster, you know, podcaster, you know, sports analyst, media pundit, whatever you want to call a uh, guy that's in the opinion space when it comes to sports. Uh, so maybe a counselor because um, I got a lot of things on my uh, palette to discuss in regards to um, what people are doing with their lives and what they're uh, honestly and truly doing wrong with their lives. And it needs to be corrected. And I got some sound advice for people in all honesty. I really do. Um, you know, Ben Simmons and Aaron Rodgers are, are one or two of those people that i really really need for them to come to the front of the church and and let's have a come to jesus moment uh and we're gonna start with ben simmons it, it seems as if ben simmons only thing he respects is fines and that's rough because uh if i know that i can just i can get you to finally do what i need you to do and, and all i have to do is find you you know then then it's pretty much easy for me to know how to pull your strings you know, I, I I don't know what Ben Simmons' angle is. I don't know what his uh, motive is. I don't know what he's thinking, but it can't be good. It can't be good at this point. I don't. I can't give him any type of credit for anything that he's done uh, in his past year. 
for sure. I mean, let's. I mean, definitely a year. I mean, you know, six months a year for sure. And he's definitely going about things the absolute wrong way. And so now, and I get into this uh, confusion with myself about who's advising these these kids. I mean, I just don't. I don't understand. You know, are we really into that space where people just refuse to tell people what they need to hear, or what they supposed to hear, because they need them for financial reasons? I mean, well, are we really there? You know, nobody has a, you know, an OG in their family or or they're a friend that's older that can tell you went right or wrong, and that's what you respect, and that's what you appreciate, and that's what you listen to. You know, whether it's you know harsh criticism or you know flat out truth. I mean, are, are we there? Because whoever's advising Ben Simmons, or if he's not listening to anybody, either one of those things are wrong. Who is advising him is either wrong and or he's not listening to anybody. And that that's problematic as well, because honestly and truly, you know, you're you live leaving leaving yourself up to your own devices, Ben, is not working. It's not working. So here we are. You are now back at odds with the 76ers. Because you decided that you didn't want to uh, share your uh, progress with your mental health uh, counselors with the team. You know, and uh, of course, the 76 had a problem with that. They did want to know you know, how much progress you're making so they can kind of plan around the idea of maybe you coming back at some point. I mean, they are they do have $30 million, you know, in excess invested in you per year. You know, and that's not that's not some small small chump change. So I'm sure they want to know what their thirty million dollar vessel of a basketball player is doing day to day. You know, it's it's getting rough out there for the seventy sixes. I mean, they Joel and B just uh went he had a rest well, we had a we had, we had a rest day Monday night. Turned out he came down with COVID, so he's out for about ten days. You know, so they already now they shorthanded another uh superstar. So they're like, Well, where the hell is Ben Simmons? That's that's the question that everybody's asking. So I mean, of course we don't. Nobody knows exactly what's going on with him because he won't share anything. You know, it's just the, the to me. I mean, contentious moment. I can have the contentious moment, and if whatever is this is a problem I too I have as well. If you know, what what we get from a, a media perspective, you know, what we get to see in the news, you know, on Twitter, on Instagram, on TV, you know, what we see, and what we hear from the team. You know, it may be one sided. I mean, they always say it's three sides to every story. I get that. But again, if you're three sides to every story, I'm only getting one side. And I'm not I'm not getting Ben Simmons aside at all. I'm not getting his respect at all. He's not talking. So he's leaving it up to everybody to basically side with and believe whatever the sentence is telling them because they're the only ones that's given any type of uh information when it comes to your situation. So yet again, we, you're going about this all the wrong way. You doing nothing to help yourself. That's the biggest problem I have. Like that's the biggest frustration I have. And you're you're a young, gifted African American basketball player, sir. You have everything going for you, and you're blowing it. You're really blowing it. And I just I just can't grasp understand why. I mean, it's one thing to get to try to it's one thing to get what you want or try to get what you want, but it's also a way to go about it. You can't just go about it any old way in any way you want to inspect it to work out. It just does. The world doesn't work that way. It just does not. It hasn't ever in your life worked out that way. Now, anybody told you that is is completely and utterly lying to you. 
you know. So which makes me honestly truly believe that he's really leaning on his own laurels. He's not listening to people that's trying to advise him on what to do. Because at least if nothing else, an agent would tell him, I believe Rich Paul or somebody is his agent, I think. I'm not 100% certain. I believe it's Rich Paul. Almost certain. The more I'm thinking about it, I think it's Rich Paul. So Rich Paul is advising him to, I'm sure he has to at this point have be advising him to play ball with the 76ers enough to repair the damage that you that your image is taking, you know, so so you can literally uplift and uh, rebuild your character and your trade values enough so we can get you somewhere where you really want to be. And that's the end game. You know, because a little bit of information we've gotten is that he wants to be traded. He doesn't want to play with the 76 anymore. And he wants to facilitate some type of trade. Um, you know, where we don't know, um, where he would desire to be, to be, and we don't really know. I mean, he did give us some hints that he wanted to stay in California, but, you know, the California team is not playing ball right now. And I, I promise you right now, the Warriors are out, completely and utterly out. The way they're playing basketball right now, and we're going to talk about them in a minute. There's no way in, in, in three hells that they want to trade for you at this point, sir. Sorry. They're they're good. <laughs> they're good where they, right where they are right now. They, they don't want no turmoil, no drama from Ben Simmons. So they're out. You know, I promise you, but most other L.A. teams and California teams as a whole, outside of maybe Sacramento, probably are out as well. They got their, they got their own problems. They just rather not deal or give up anything they that they have in-house for you. So, you know, that leaves, you know, a quite, maybe a couple of teams in the East, which, honestly, truth, I'm not even sure that the 76 want to deal with East teams, you know, honestly, because you got, they got to see Ben Simmons on a regular basis. You know, though adage that you want to get him onto the other conference because you don't got to see him that much, if not, if at all. So, yet again, what, what are we what are we doing here? What are we doing? You honestly, truly don't uh, play nice with anybody at this point. You know, is this it's like you're being angry and completely and utterly petty uh, about the situation, and you refuse to move unless they find you. Like you literally, the, the blueprint to this whole situation so far is that the moment they find you, you know, because you said you didn't want to report, you want to, you still want to stay where you were. You didn't want to report to camp, and you were going to sit pat. And they find you, and the moment they find you, you up and move and go to camp. Okay, that's one. That's one. That's one obvious you know way to get you to move. You know, then they said, well, then we come down to well, we want to know information about your uh, medical. Uh, talk to you, speak to your doctors essentially and, and get information about your medical progress. You said no, that's private. I don't want to share that. Okay, well, we'll find you again. Find him again. That all of a sudden, that not only does he share or be forthcoming with his medical progress, he goes in and interacts with the medical phys- physician that's in house for the 76ers. I'm just shaking my head. I mean, come on, dude. I mean, it's. Again, you you can't. I really feel like more and more I'm really leaning towards the idea that you are not listening to anybody that's trying to advise you on what the best course of action is for you, and that's sad. You can't un- listen. You're a young man. You have a lot to learn when it comes down to playing basketball. Still, and being a businessman and and being, you know, the air court, the smartest man in the room when it comes down to negotiations and how to conduct business. You know, the smart people hire smarter people to handle their business. That way they don't have to worry about it. They could just go play ball. You know, so if you have smart people around you and you just refuse to listen to them, what's the point? 
you know, I mean, you're just going to flounder in your own mistakes to the point where you're going to eventually, you know, talk yourself out of a, or not talk yourself out, out of a, of a job, you know, because honestly, truly people you know, that pay for other people to give them services, you know, working or basketball, athletics, anything like that. I'm paying you $30 million to play basketball. At some point, that $30 million becomes too much of a price tag to deal with your drama. And I feel like it's getting close to that threshold, honestly and truly. You know, and, and this is this is the weird thing, too. Like I said, you wouldn't get Joel to go down with the with COVID, so he's going to be missing games. And, you know, and then I, honestly and truly, I don't know what they're going to do with Ben. But the interesting thing about this whole situation is that uh it seems as if because they have they having more contentious moments and more and more contentious moments with Ben that they uh, they have they actually got on the phone to talk to the Celtics about potentially trading Ben for Jalen Brown. Now that's interesting to me because again, if I'm the if I'm the Celtics, I mean I, I would take Jalen Brown and and his injuries or whatever his issue that you may or may not have with him uh, over Ben Simmons and his drama, I I, I wouldn't do it, but. Apparently, uh, apparently they want to shake things up in the front office. So the team itself, because I guess they feel like the way the team is currently constructed, they're not going to win anything. Um, so they want to do something different, go in a different direction, I guess. Um, but I'm, I'm, if I'm the Sixers, I'm like, look, if they want to deal, let's do it today. <laughs> just get them out. Just get them the hell out of town. You know, I, I think him and Jalen Brown for Ben Simmons is a fair trade right now. Right now. I will honestly truly do it before the Boston changes their mind. You know, because and and because uh, honestly, truly, if you, I mean, if Boston, I mean, uh, surely you Boston feeling like you are the people whisperer, and you can convince yourself that trading for Ben Simmons is a good idea right now. I, I don't see why they wouldn't would, would bite, but it, it might, maybe there's something with Jaylon that they don't like that they want to get him out of town. You know, maybe that hasn't become public yet. But regardless, if they want to make a trade, God, might look sign the papers, get him out of town. <laughs> like let's 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 reboot it. And now, truly, I don't know if. Jalen Brown has any issues outside of, you know, basketball having any, you know, moodiness or contentious moments. So, you know, he just don't jive with the Celtics players in the locker room. But that's an, that's an upgrade for the 76ers. I think they win in that regard. So listen, I'd, I'd make that deal happen today. Like I don't, we, I don't let the, I don't let the, the, the GM off the phone until he, until he agrees. Like whatever you need, <laughs> like let's make the deal. Let's make the deal. I, I just don't understand. I don't. I, don't, I just don't understand. I, I, again, the only thing the only thing you respect is fines, and and that's that's really and truly sad and, and very predictable. You know, I I have to I have to keep finding you. It's, it's almost like a, a a very very uh disobedient child. When only thing I can do to you to get you to do what you're supposed to do is punish you. Like I gotta take away your Xbox. I gotta take away your TV. I can't let you go outside. I can't let you go to functions at school because you don't want to listen to what you need to be doing. So and that's the equivalent. Uh, only way I get Ben to, to do what I ask him to do or do what I need him to do because I'm paying him thirty million dollars, and for and for him not to be playing basketball right now is to find him and take away some of that money. And again, very unpredictable, very sad, and and. He needs some self-awareness because I really feel like his self-awareness, if this was a 
2K rating, his self-awareness would be be zero right now. He really ha he really has a zero self-awareness rating right now. He does. Because if if he uh, was truly self-aware about what he was going on around him and understood the type of situation and he could really land himself in, then he would not be doing the things that he's doing. But yet again, like I said, I'm leaning more and more toward the fact that he just will, he just does not want to listen or to people that are advising him as if he think he knows better than what they, uh, than what the, the people that are around him are telling them, which is bad, which is bad. There are always people around you that know more than you. And if you don't respect that and listen to that and, and, uh, and humble yourself in all honesty, humble yourself a bit to, to, and understand that it's, uh, you know, people will honestly and truly have your best interests at heart and they will tell you the right thing to do and, and be humble enough and, and be smart enough to follow that and, and get things done in the proper manner. But until you do that, this isn't, is going to end well. It's going to end well. Listen to your folks. If they're telling you the right thing, listen to your folks. And I hope they're telling you the right thing. That's my truth moment for Ben Simmons. Let's move on to the actual, actual basketball talk. I want to talk about the Warriors. <laughs> the Warriors, uh, I feel like we in 2015. The Warriors are back. <laughs> I mean, like, seriously back like they left something. Uh, uh, my God. I mean, what, I mean, what happened? I, and I felt like I was hoping for this, you know, in the last couple of years because, uh, you know, ever since KD left, I was hoping that they would get, you know, the band back together in a sense and, um, and, you know, go back to the original three, Draymond, Steph and, and clay. And they would, you know, they could, you know, literally be potentially be, you know, a contending team in the West. Right. But it never matriculated because clay kept getting hurt. Um, you know, COVID, you know, wrecked some of that COVID wrecked some of that, uh, you know, then a couple of injuries back to back wrecked some of that, like the ACL he took in the finals, and then he was gone for a year from that, and then he tore his Achilles right before the season started again last year. So he missed a whole another year. So he's still not back yet, but should be back soon. But despite the fact that he's not there yet, they're playing at an immense level. They're nine and one right now. They're nine and one, the best record in the league right now. Nine and one. And uh, they just gave the Hawks the business last night. Uh, Steph was amazing again, and and I get a, I get give kudos to the front office. Now, you know I understand that they got some things going on in the front office that aren't you know pristine right now. But from a personnel and decision making perspective, this roster is constructed you know pretty well. I mean they I don't know if they just got lucky and hit on some things, or they knew what they were doing from the jump. But one way or the other. It's working right now. I mean, because you got Stephen Draymond, of course, still out there, um, but they didn't uh, somehow or another uh, acquired Gary Payton Jr. or Gary Payton II, uh, son of Gary Payton, the you know uh, Hall of Famer, the Glove, and his son who is just like his dad, just completely utterly uh, menacing on defense. Got the kid Poole, who's sh who's shining as a, like a third and maybe in the, sometimes a fourth option. You know what Wiggins is doing that night, and they still haven't got Wiseman and Clay back yet, full force. So you mean to tell me that uh, a roster constructed of of Draymond, Steph, Clay, Wiseman, Poole, Wiggins, 
And then you got Gary Payton Jr. coming off the bench and being a defensive menace on the court. Uh, this team, in my eyes, is literally going to get better. But by, by, by the time Christmas hits, to, leading towards the All-Star break, and they started, you know, meshing all these parts in together. And then right now, the 10, 10 games are 9-1. and one. Let's let that sink in. Let that sink in. So you mean to tell me with a limited roster, you're missing two of your stars and you're nine and one. So you mean to tell me when you get those stars back, you're going to go down? I highly doubt that. Highly doubt that. That's, I really feel like they're going to go up in sin even further. And this might be the shocker of them all for them to be a favorite in the, in the West. My God. But we, like I said, we might be flashing back to 2015. And like I said, it, just, it literally might be a new slash old sheriff in town. You know, I'm, I'm not selling the farm on you. I'm not buying, you know, a bunch of stock. But I'm going to buy a little. I'm going to buy a little because this team is playing extremely well. And I got to see it firsthand, you know, a few times already. So it's definitely looking like it's built with the right stuff. So, uh, yeah, look out for the Warriors, man. I'm here to tell you. Now, I will say this. Now, I'm hoping that this Sarver scandal that's ongoing won't derail them. It won't be a distraction, you know, for, for the team. But, if you know, assuming it isn't. Cause it's not, that's not looking good. This the whole situation is not looking good. I mean, when you have allegations and people directly accusing you, it typically does not end well. Now they may not have him on tape. It's just, you know, statements from other people, but a lot of times that's enough to at least, uh, you know, put a dark cloud, a shadow over your reputation and your team. So I'm hoping it does, does not cause a distraction or friction or issues with the team, you know, but right now, if you know if things work out you know all things remain equal nobody you know gets hurt or leaves or whatever case may be you know it's it's definitely looking like they could be there towards the end you know based on where they're playing right now i mean what can you say i mean steph led the team you know young team last year you know to a play-in game against the lakers and i was just, just essentially him now you got help <laughs> so uh you know next to the year to end together you know you're in together i mean you know, Peyton the second is new, but everybody else is pretty much back, you know, from the last year. So they've got a year under their belt of playing with each other, you know, uh, in, you know, on the court. So, hey, uh, I'm, 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 I'm here for it. I'm ready. I'm here for it. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. I mean, you know, I can't, you know, I don't have much to say positive about the Lakers at this moment, but, you know, you know, from, from a, just from a basketball purist perspective, it's definitely looking, looking good. So. We'll, we'll see where, where, where it heads, but I, I like the exactly w the where it's going uh, right now, and hopefully it continues and gets better. Like I said, once uh, once Clay gets back, I'm really looking forward to how he returns and can he get back as a form. But speaking of the Lakers, <laughs> uh, I I have to I have to have a, some self, some self awareness here, and it's within you know within you know at this point, Lakers eleven games in. You know, have to have some some self awareness in this situation and and understand where we're at. <laughs> the, you know, the Wizards made a trade with the uh, Lakers in the off season, and they sent Russell Westbrook to L.A. Uh, for uh, Montrezl Harrell, Kyle Kuzma, and KCP. Um, and uh, I have to say, for through the first ten games, in all honesty. The Lakers lost that trade. The Wizards are winning that trade right now. They really are. <laughs> um, Lakers, yeah. Oh, man, it's 
it, it's rough. It's rough sledding. It's rough sledding right now. I mean, I could go on and on. I'm not going to. Um, I think around probably game twenty, I may start doing uh, you know, weekly to bi-weekly recaps of Lakers locker room. I just want to give a give it twenty games, and hopefully they will be back at almost to the point where you're at full force. Um, and that will, you know, from injuries perspective, and that will truly give me a, a, a real decent synopsis of what the Lakers are and what they aren't. But again, them shipping Wesley Westbrook out here, uh, you know, it's one of those, it's one of those deals where they know they're getting over on you, but they won't tell you. They just giving you what seems like a nice shiny uh, piece of jewelry and it's really fool's gold because, and I, again, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm on record as saying, you look back, listen back to any of my podcasts, my sports talk with coach and Kurt, I've said vehemently that this wasn't going to work. And what would, what, what's even shocking me is how bad it is and how, how, how quickly it, it proved me right. That's, that's what's shocking to me. I was hoping that it would kind of slow walk me into it. You know, it would just, you know, it would just show his ugly head here and there, but no, it came out full, you know, Medusa, ugly face, you know, early and early and often. And, you know, then you got LeBron being hurt now makes it worse. Cause you get to really focus on the fact that that particular person's on the court all the time, making all kind of bonehead mistakes. And I'm just like, whoa. I'm just like I get I get now why he doesn't work with stars. I really do. I really do cuz his his recklessness is is something and this it can wear you out real quick. It can wear you out because again, you appreciate the effort and you appreciate that you know him going hard every every night. But that that does not mean it's going to equate to good basketball play. That's the issue. You know, and and that and that's the that's the problem with this situation. He's turned the ball over way too much. Never been a good shooter, uh. You know, and he, all he can do truly is attack the rim. Uh, and his team is already built with guys that can attack the rim or are going to be around the rim. So you can you have to have somebody. He has to be on a team. Let's be honest. He has to be on a team that he he can literally spread the floor with shooters and attack the rim, and he can just facilitate and drive and kick to his shooters when he's being uh. Collapsed on defensively. Outside of that, it doesn't work. And we've got three big men on this team. Dwight, DeAndre, and AD. And they're already packing the lane. And what Vogel's been doing, it was surprising to me. Well, it's not surprising because AD doesn't want to play at five. It's the reason why they do this a lot. But they, he put two big men on the floor. So that really makes it hard for Westbrook to be effective because guess what? you got two, not one, but two big men in the lane near the basket. So that's... You just could, you're just driving in the traffic. So yet again, that 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 really makes it really makes it difficult for uh, him to be effective when he can't do the the one thing that he's really good at, and that's taking the basket, being athletic and 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 being an energy guy. But yet again, I mean, if you, if you ever play basketball in, in a record thing like that, you always got that one guy that just like to hustle and 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 move, and he don't he goes 100 miles an hour every play. That's Russell Westbrook in in a more polished fashion. So he's he's that he's that one guy that just you know he just tries to weigh you down and weigh you out, you know, with his energy. 
you know, and he's just he's wearing me out as a fan. It really is. You know, and if you look at the flip side of this coin, look at the Wizards, they're seven and three. You know, Montrez Hell is playing well, Kyle Cousins playing well. I mean, I give KCP's kind of you know, he's kind of lying in the weeds, but I mean that's two out of three players that you get in this deal that's that's helping your team and you're ten games in and you're seven and three. That's probably the best start they've had in, in quite a long time. And nobody wrote this team in as being uh, a contender at the beginning of the season. You know, got Dinwiddie out there playing point, you know, Bill, uh, Harold, Kuzma, you know, KCP, you know, especially from a defense perspective, is playing decent. So, yet again, like I said, the, the Wizards at this point, let's say these games and they won this trade. Now, I, and I just don't see it getting any better, in all honesty. I just don't get to see it getting better in all honesty going forward because Russell Westbrook is who he is. He is. So again, you know, but if you'd have told me that the Wizards would be winning this trade after 10 games, I'd have told you to stay off the drugs. I really would have. But yet again, like I said, the 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 guys that they traded for when Akers traded away are doing well. And Russell Westbrook is giving us fits. And again, it's Watching the Lakers play right now, it's like watching a grease fire at a hot sauce factory. And you're just waiting for the fire to reach the hot sauce because you know it's going to happen next. So that's my take on it. <laughs> that's my take on it. So that's my wrap for the NBA segment of this podcast. Let's move over to the NFL. Now let's talk who's in the news in the NFL. Like I said in the beginning of the intro, it's the truth telling episode. It really is. Uh, and I got some truth to tell about Aaron Rodgers. I, I'm truly and utterly uh, disgusted with Aaron Rodgers as a person right now. And what I've noticed is that older people get, the more they lean into who they really are. You know, a lot of people can kind of tote the line and kind of fake and be fast smile about what they are in their core, what their core beliefs are to a certain degree. But the older you get, and I'm guilty of this, I, you know, and I'm, it's not necessarily a bad thing for me, but, you know, I'm just comfortable in who I am and, and what I'm going to put up with and what I'm not. Uh, you know, so the older I got, I'm more comfortable with just being me, you know, not worrying about who I'm going to uh, offend or piss off. And, that's I think that's where Aaron Rodgers at in his thirty-seven year old uh body right now. You know, he's really leaning into who he is, you know, and everybody, uh, you know, I, I you know, I guess you know, what I was saying, he kind of pegged him as being like a liberal, a California guy, laid back, you know, good, you know, good people person. Everybody loves Aaron, this and a third. <laughs> but boy, boy, we were were we in for a rude awakening and and this is what we get. This is what we get now. You know, there's again, like I said, the older they get, the, the more they lean into who they really, really are. And Aaron is, you know, he's one of those guys that, you know, on the political lines, you know, he's not going to be on the same side as you if you, you know, vote blue. That that's why I'm, that's really why I'm feeling like he's lying at right now, because in all signs point to the things he's done, especially when it comes down to this vaccine, and this virus. 
that tells me that you know the stuff he's done, the stuff he's taken, you know, it sounds it came stuff that came directly from the former president. So you tell me, you tell me where where he lies on those political lines, and I and I really hate the fact that this particular uh, uh, pandemic and the idea of a vaccine has become political. It, it really it, it really shouldn't be. Life or death should never be political. It never should be political. It should literally be about the care and the well-being of the human race. It really should be about that. But everybody wants to mire it in, politi- in, in policy and politi- political answer and, and, and make it about money and, and power when it's really about life or death. People are dying from this pandemic. It's in, at, high, at a high rate. You know, it's, this thing has killed more people than practically anything that I've ever witnessed in my lifetime. You know, I mean, I, we've, I've seen, you know, different types of smaller diseases and, you know, and HIV was, you know, it's really becoming rampant as, as I was a child growing up to be a young adult. And I didn't see it killed anybody at this, this rate and this short of time frame, and it's doing it. And, and instead of doing everything we possibly can to eradicate it, everybody wants to take a standoffish or a political stance on it to say that, you know, I'm going to be on this side of the fence. I'm going to be on that side of the fence because this is just a, this is a line with my political views and this doesn't. None of that should matter. And it should be about life and death. So, and speaking of Aaron and the Packers, I, I, again, I don't know where, where people's morals and or deal breakers will stand in today's NFL, but the ones I know and the ones I respect from the one or two errors ago, we have some strong private things to say to Aaron Rodgers for endangering the team. And not only that, but you lied and deceived the team in the process. You know, I, I, I would like to believe that the Ray Lewis's and, and Lawrence Taylor's and, and, and of the world you know, you know, strong voices in the locker room, team leaders, real leaders wouldn't have stood for your quarterback to be putting the team in jeopardy like this when they're putting literally putting their life on the line, you know, day in and day out for the team. You know, it, it again, it has to be about the team. It, it can't be about you. You know, and I've said all along that when people make decisions about this particular vaccine, whether or not to get it or not get it, whether that COVID is a hoax or COVID is real. You know, you are literally, if you're not doing what you can to help the cause, you literally are are really uh, a selfish and self-serving, self-righteous individual. You know, and all you you do really do care about yourself. You have no empathy for people. And that's why I'm at where Aaron Rodgers at right now. I really am. It's really sad to to see somebody that I honestly truly respected as a really dominant quarterback. I championed Aaron Rodgers on several occasions, you know, and I, you know, I was just, I was hoping for him to be able to win, get more Super Bowls on his butt, so he could be classified in the same breath as a Brady, a Breeze, and things, people like Nature Montana, because he has that type of talent. But when you make decisions like this, you know, and this particular ideology and this particular stance he's taking, it really hits me hard, you know, from a uh, a former player perspective. You know, because I've been on teams all my life, you know, all the way through boys club, high school, college, you know, and I've never put myself before the team, you know, because you need these guys, you know, collectively, especially in football is the ultimate team sport. You need these guys collectively to get things done. You do. And we ain't got us all agree. We all got to hang out. We all got to stay in the same view. But in between those lines in that locker room, day in and day out in practice, we all got to be on the same page. We all got to get along. 
And when you do things like this, Aaron, to endanger the lives of people and, and their families and their kids, their grandparents, their parents, because you want to be selfish and, and be arrogant about the idea that you're just not going to abide by the rules. I can't, I can't jive with that. I can't jive with that. I'm sorry. I, and, and again, if, if I don't, I, you know, I don't get exactly how things run. I'm not in the NFL locker rooms these days. I'm not. And it, it, it really truly may be different in certain regards, but and I understand he's the quarterback and, and, you know, you realize that, you know, it really could be one of those things where you just don't want to piss off the quarterback because you know, you need him, but I'm sorry. Certain things for me are deal breakers. You know, and and I'm sure that people feel about their families the way I feel, you know. And if I and 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 I promise you this, you know, and I just work for a living. I'm a system engineer. I just work for a living. I'm not an athlete anymore. And I promise you this: if somebody came in the office, my office, you know, got close to me every day, you know, breathed in my face, and and was unvaccinated. And I and then come to find out, you know, days later that they come down with COVID and I find out about it. That me and that person going to have to have a conversation because you just endangered the lives of not only me, my wife, my three year old daughter, my father, my grandmother, people that I hold in very high regard in my life. In danger people I deal with on a regular basis, you know, whether I'm vaccinated or not, which I am just got my booster last week. But yet again, you endangering the lives and being reckless and being foolish about the idea that you want to do what you want to do. And I'm not going to wear a mask and I'm, I'm going to be out here doing whatever. And I don't want people to think I'm unvaccinated. So I'm not going to wear a mask and follow these protocols because I don't want them to shame me you know, about, about being unvaccinated because I've seen how they treat Carson Wentz and I've seen how they treat Kirk Cousins and Cam Newton and other, all other people, quarterbacks especially, that were unvaccinated. You know, they gave him, they ran him the riot act. I don't want to, my, my little fragile ego can't take that. So, I just don't understand. Aaron, you put the entire organization in harm's way because of your little ego. You didn't want to be hurt or questioned because you were unvaccinated. And lo and behold, you got COVID anyway. And it could likely affect you long-term with your stamina, your breathing. You know, it could take you weeks to get back to normal. You know, you know, to your normal, you know, Hall of Fame self. You know, credit what credit is due. Because you wanted to listen to Joe Rogan instead of a real doctor. You let politicians tell you that horse dewormer is a better remedy than the FDA-approved vaccine. And I'm sorry, I don't believe that he was one of the, one of the, one of the rarest people on earth that was allergic to an ingredient in, in, in a vaccine. I'm sorry. That, that, I don't believe, I don't buy that. I don't buy that at all. I think that's an excuse. I'm saying it. I think that's an excuse that he's using to say that I don't want to, I don't want to have to take this other vaccine. And then I'll blame it on the Johnson and Johnson one for being the least effective. And I'll opt out to take that as well, but I'll take a horse dewormer and, and other medications that aren't at all closely uh, resemble and remedy for, uh, protecting yourself against COVID. And yet again, you got COVID anyway. Out here at a Halloween party, no mask, spreading COVID to everybody in that room practically. How selfish are you, dude?
How selfish are you? Really? Again, I, I, just, I don't believe that whole I'm allergic to garbage. I don't. And, and I'm going to say this. Aaron is turning to Brett Favre. You know, maybe it's Green Bay. Maybe it's the entitlement of being the quarterback of the Packers. I don't know. But you're becoming a person that you couldn't stand when you first got to the NFL. You know, with your divaness and your arrogance, you really are becoming Brett Favre. You know, so think you, you know, you, you, know, you really think you're better than everybody else. You really do. Like I said, like I said, if I was Rogers' teammate, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be eager to play with this guy no more because he doesn't even have my best interests at heart, you know, because of his personal views, you know, because I'm sure the more majority of the people in the league took the vaccine because of the greater good, you know, they may have reservations about it. They may not be, maybe unsure about it, you know, in their own personal right, but they took it same way, very reason I took it is for the greater good. You know, I've had. I've been vaccinated a bunch of, um, against a myriad of things throughout my life. So what's one more thing? You're a pro athlete. You put chemicals and, and treatments and things on you, in and on your body on a regular basis that you don't even blink an eye at. They're all chemical-based. They're all created by lab. They're all created by doctors. And you don't care about none of that. But you want to take a political stance on a, on a vaccine just because it doesn't line up with who you, who you ride with, with politically. That's really what it called boils down to. Yet again, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to play with him anymore. And this debacle literally could re- derail the Super Bowl run that you could have been on at this particular point because you think you know better than the people that do medicine for a living. That's horrible. You wouldn't trust him to play quarterback. So why would you trust a guy that does a, that's a USC guy instead of a doctor that does a better job at, at being a doctor than you are as a quarterback? Because it takes way more intelligence to be a doctor than it is does be a quarterback in the NFL. I'm sorry. You do play it at an elite level, but I'm going to trust the hyper, super intelligent doctors of the world with, you know, multiple degrees, you know, in medicine than the person that plays quarterback. Quarterback is a hard job, but it's not a doc. It's not as hard as being a doctor. I'm sorry. So I would trust a doctor before I trust a quarterback or a UFC uh, guy that's giving me advice. I'm sorry. Aaron, get your life together, man. Really, and I, I've really lost a lot of respect for you, honestly, truly, and and I don't think you can get it back. I really don't, because you, I, I I don't know what the Packers are going to do, what you're going for, because you really have them over the coals, in my opinion, because Jordan Love is, and he might know this, and that's really why he's acting out, but Jordan Love isn't that guy either, so he really has the the Packers in a, in a quandary because he they know they need a quarterback of your caliber to do anything uh, competitively. But I don't know. <laughs> I don't know at this point because I can't trust your judgment. You know, and again, and if you lose the locker room, and if the guys really turn on you like I think they should, then again, it's, it's, it's pointless to keep you anyway because they are not going to play for you. You know, Nick, I wouldn't play for you. I wouldn't block for you. I wouldn't run hard for you. I wouldn't catch passes from you because you don't have my, you don't have my best interest in me and my family at heart, man. You really don't. I, and this is not, to me, it's, that's something I can overlook. You know, if you had been honest and upfront and we'd have protected, all protected ourselves from you and your unvaccinated status, then I'd have been fine with it. You know, I me, mean, Kyrie Irving, going back to his situation, he was upfront with it and he dealt with the consequences of his actions. I respect that. Carson Wentz told you upfront that I'm not vaccinated and I follow all the protocols. I always got my mask on. 
at, at press conferences. I always got my mask one on the sideline when I'm not playing. Follow the protocol. Same thing with Kirk Cousins. Although I had my issues with Kirk Cousins in his play, he is following the rules. You know, I got issues with Cole Beasley as well, but he follows the rules. They're more stringent, but they do what they got to do because they want to play and help their team. So, selfish and self-serving and self-righteous, Aaron, you turn it into Brett Favre. And <laughs> somebody needs to tell you that because I'm sure you that's not something you want to hear. Almost other things that you shouldn't, you should be told and don't want to hear, you know, but you need to listen and have some humility with yourself and, and have empathy for your teammates instead of being uh, uh, arrogant and self-righteous individual. Sorry. So let's get into a new topic. Um, it, it's called. It's and I, I'm laughing because it's 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 a it's a broken record at this point. It really is. It really is a broken record. You know, it's new week, new me. Anybody's ball game. <laughs> and what does that mean? It means that it seems as if as a, as a new team, we want to crown every week as being it or the contender. You know, and we go. Let's go down the line real quick. We're nine games in, right? Week nine. You know, we crowned. Of course, we crowned the we crowned the Chiefs and we crowned the Buccaneers as being favorites, right? Look what the Chiefs having to the Chiefs, and and and, the, and the, honestly, the the Buccaneers are banged up and they took a couple of ugly losses. So it isn't. We're not going to see it and act like they're you know unstoppable yet either. You know, I mean, especially that Browns loss. Hey, that was a beating. <laughs> that was a beating. That was a beating, you know. Um, so, you know, we start with them. Uh, you know, then the uh, the Cardinals, excuse me, the Rams went on them. They beat the Buccaneers, and we started to look at the Rams. And then the Rams, lo and behold, made a blockbuster trade and got Von Miller. And we really wanted to crown them. They got drugged by the Titans. <laughs> now the Cardinals, you know, they, they uh, ran over the Rams. And uh, they're uh, even with a backup quarterback, they're eight and one. <laughs> so I'm not going. I'm not going to even the Cowboys. We gave the Cowboys a little bit of kudos, and they got drugged by the by the Broncos this week. So uh, you know, I'm not. I'm not going to. Uh, you know, I'm not going to crown them because every seem like every time you know myself, Coach Kurt. Any media pundit out there wants to crown a, 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 a leader in the clubhouse as far as the NFC goes, they get drugged, <laughs> you know, and, and the Cardinals already limping because Kyler is still battling the injury. Nuke Hopkins battling injury. A.J. Green's battling injury. So, again, you know, it's we don't want to jinx them. I don't want to jinx them. But, like I said, the Cowboys got tore up. The Packers are a shit show, you know. So, you know, you know, what all the cars did this weekend is is they literally walked into uh San Francisco Stadium and Debo denied us with a backup quarterback. And again, like I said, I hope I'm not jinxing them. You know, but like I said every time somebody talks about them as being a favorite, you know, they take an ugly loss. So the question is, can the car sustain uh, things while Kyler is getting healthy? Because they had this problem last year where he got banged up middle of the season, they started to flounder. But you know, at least for one week, Cole McCoy looked looked look pretty pretty solid. So. But I'm, I'm not crowning them. I got my hands up. I'm not crowning them because I got Cardinals on my fantasy team, and I don't want that kind of smoke. I really don't. But the Cardinals look good. I'm just saying. So, but AFC, it's even it's even worse from a 
definitive answer. You know, I mean, at least we got, we've had, you know, ins and outs in the NFC. I mean, you know, so we, again, we, I guess the only person we really wanted to see, really put at the near the top was the Bills, but they got, they got drugged by the Daquan Jags this week in a field goal game. I mean, nobody scored a touchdown. It was nine and six. My God. The Bills got drugged by the, by the, the Jaguars, the one win Jaguars. You know, you got the Patriots lurking in the weeds. We'll talk. We'll talk about them soon in the podcast as well. They got lurking in the weeds. They keep winning games surprisingly, but they got a you know topsy turvy schedule going down the line too. So, and I'm not crowning them either. Ravens, they're in a nail biting game like it's a playoff game every week. Like they literally fight tooth and nail with the Lions, the Vikings, you know, the Bengals. I mean, they whoever they face, it seems like they it's it's a bomb burner. The Raiders, they fought. You know, I mean. Every team, only person they beat bad was the Chargers. You know, everybody else, they've it's been close games, so you can't crown them either because you, you know, it's they're literally a possession away from winning or losing every freaking week, except for one game. So, and again, the whole—I mean, it's, speaking of the whole AFC West, the whole AFC West as a whole is is up and down. Like one, we've literally had almost three different different division leaders in nine games. Broncos are leading one week. The Raiders are leading one week. Now the Chargers have been leading twice already. Chiefs is still at the bottom. You know, didn't call that at all. So let's just leave the Titans. Now, the Titans, no matter the weather, you know, all they do is win. Shout out to DJ Khaled. Again, I don't want to jinx them either because, again, they lost King Henry. And I got a couple of, you know, fantasy. <laughs> I got a couple of fantasy. Uh, Titans on my team now, and I need them to play good, you know. But they seem to be built for tough, and they play physical on both sides of the ball. Look what they did with the Rams this past week, you know. So, so for the most part, I was a somewhat finesse. I would say the for the Browns a little bit finesse, a little bit of power. They got they got they were powerful. They're powerful on offense. Excuse me, they're powerful on defense. They're finesse on offense, and they just got outpowered on 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 offense and power versus finesse. They just dominated their offense. You know, Jeffrey Simmons had a day against them. But yet again, I'm not crowning them. You know. You know, I fantasy football, baby. Shout out to Kawhi Leonard. I need, you know, my fantasy football guys to do their thing. So I'm not crowning them either because I don't want to jinx them. But the cards and the Titans seem interesting for the moments. But again, every week it's new team, new me. You know, so we might be talking about a whole different team next week. Hell, we could be talking about... Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not going to even say. I'm not going to even say. But I, I am curious, and this is going to lead into my next segment. I'm curious to see how the Browns progress since they have gotten, uh, I want to say gotten rid of, but they parted ways with Odell. They parted ways with Odell. So that's going to lead to my next topic. So my next topic is, is Odell the scapegoat? So, Odell and the Browns, their relationship has come to an end this week. And it ended up being like a relationship where you feel like you wasted most of your time arguing and getting nothing done, you know, but the problem is you live together and yeah, and you still, you got two years left on your lease, you know, but you get so pissed off with each other that you find a way to uh, eat the penalty and just get out. You know, problem for Odell in this situation is he wasted his prime years as a Brown, essentially. You know, being hurt and not being productive on a dysfunctional team for the past three years. You know, because now he's 29. 
looking for a new team, you know, now that the Browns have released him. Uh, he's on waivers, but he probably going to likely, most likely be unclaimed and be able to sign with whoever he wants. Now, I do hope that he finds a team that's a contender, but that'll likely be a one-year rental. So, and, and we're just not sure based upon his production, most likely will, whether he land with that same team over again or we get uh, put on with another team at, at 30. You know, just don't know. I mean, he turned 29 this past week, so he'll turn 30 again in the following season. So, I mean, it's, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. But, um, you know, many have said, again, that that, that Baker was uh, being held back, by, held back by Odell. You know, in a small sample size on Sunday, Baker had a moderately successful passing day. Okay, but again, but it's still a running team. Let's not, let's not forget that. You know, he completed less than 20 passes. I mean, uh, come on now. He didn't light it up like, you know, Patrick Mahomes in his, you know, in his, you know, in his, you know, when he's really in his bag. Uh, you know, let's, 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 let's not get too crazy about that. But yet again, you know, again, like I said, moderately successful day, but let's just, let's just get this out in the open. Baker has a moderately low Kirk Cousins like ceiling. And it doesn't matter whether it was Odell out there, Randy Moss, you know, Jerry Rice, Terrell Owens, it don't matter. It didn't matter who was out there. He is who he is. You know, so let's not get into the blame game of saying that Odell was, a, was the reason why he was not successful. You know, let's, let's not use the whole ideology he's a scapegoat because uh, that's, that's, just, that's ludicrous. That's ludicrous. Now, I do hope Odell gets on with another teammate and play for at least two to three more years at a high level on a good team. You know, because again, I feel like he wasted his prime years at the, on the Browns, and that's just not something that you really wanted to do. And and if I guess he looked back on it, he probably would have walked to the idea of going to the Browns because they were at the time he got there, they were really mired in dysfunction. They really were. You know, again, and it's sad to say this because he would never really, to me, really never really fulfilled his potential he had in New York. Like they had. They were literally talking, you know, Hall of Fame type of receiver, you know, uh, production that he was going to have uh, in the league. You know, and he had, you know, the first few years in in, uh, in New York were good, and then Eli started to flounder, and then he went over to Daniel Jones, and then, you know, it just didn't really work out. You know, and then he got, uh, got to the point where he realized he wasn't going to be able to flourish in New York anymore, so he uh, asked for a trade, and they ended up sending him to the Browns. Which again, I felt like that was a mistake because again, the Browns were mired in dysfunction. And when they finally fixed the dysfunction, you know, with Odell being in and out being hurt, you know, they became a team that doesn't throw the ball a lot. They've been a run for really a run first run centric team. They built that team that way on purpose. So yet again, that's that puts Odell on the outs in the doghouse because he's not gonna see the ball a lot. You know, so that's 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 another problem you have. But yet again, you know, but I, like I said, I, I just don't think he ever really, really fulfilled his potential, um, you know, in, the, in the, all the buzz he had in New York. I really don't. And, and let's be honest about it. When the last time somebody's resurrected their career at 29? When the average age of, of wide receivers aging out of the league is 29? So I doubt highly whoever commands top dollar anymore. And, um, you know, short of him winning a Super Bowl, and being a utility guy, good yards at the catch guy, things of that nature, um, you know, he will likely be, likely, largely be used as a 
uh, situational guy, and he probably would never be a number one receiver again. But you know, and I and, I'm, and truly probably a sting for him. Like you really look at it like, well, you know, I had you know three to four years. You know, so I would say two years. That's two years in New York, and then three years in 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 Cleveland where it just didn't work out good and well. But he really could have been putting up big time numbers on a team that could really utilize his talent the right way. And it, it really got wasted. It really got wasted. So I really feel like if he hadn't been in those in that situation those past five, especially those last three in in, in uh, Cleveland, we were talking about we've been having different conversations about Odell, who he is and how dominant he he can be. You know. But I'm here to say, however, how Odell was not the reason Baker Mayfield is moderate. Baker is the reason why Baker is moderate. Let's be, let's just be honest about that. Let's be honest about this. He he's not the scapegoat for the Browns, no matter how good or bad they do from here on out. He's not, you know, I get it. You want to pull out numbers to say that, you know, Baker has been better from a production standpoint when Odell hadn't been in the lineup, but yet again, Baker is who he is. You know, like I said, and until the la- until last year, the Browns were floundering in a pool of disappointment and failure for the past 30 years. So, you know, let's not act like, you know, they've been, you know, have this winning culture and then Odell came in and just totally destroyed it. That's not it. So, I wish Odell the best, but yet again, not a scapegoat that everybody would maybe like to make him out to be because he was air court holding Baker back. That's that's nonsense. So uh, staying in the AFC. <laughs> now the question is, will the Sith return from the cold depths of obscurity and make a playoff run? And if you've been listening to me, you know, over the past several months, you know that I refer to Bill Belichick as the Sith Lord, the dark, the dark Lord of the Sith when it comes down to uh, his evil empire. <laughs> you know, hell, hell, you know, hell of a Star Wars reference there. So with that being said, you know, whether, you know, despite my personal disdain as a Chargers fan for evil Bill, you know, for the evil that is Bill Belichick, let's just make that clear. I will say this one thing. You know, he's not one for mistakes. He's not one to make mistakes. You know, his teams are never flashy. And, and, and you know, but they are disciplined. It gets them to buy into the idea of doing your job and be physical. And that's why not everybody goes to New England and not everybody is built to be in New England. They're just not accustomed to, them to or can handle the level of normality. You know, that's, that is New England. You know, button up, blue collar, do your job kind of, kind of team. You know, some people need, they need, just need, they need special, they need special treatment, they need special plays, they need special things to be done for them to be effective and be, and feel, uh, and feel like they're uh, contributing. That's not New England. But lo and behold, they're potentially back on the heels of making the playoffs again with a conference that's full of young quarterbacks. Now, <laughs> you have to give him, you have to give him a punch of chances to make the playoffs because he, he frustrated Tom Brady. Let's, 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 let's get, that out and open. He frustrated and he limited Tom Brady in a game they played this past, uh, you know, a few weeks ago, you know, in September. So all the young quarterbacks, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, um, Justin Herbert, Baker Mayfield, Joe Burrow, all these young quarterbacks, you know, outside of Ryan Sanders, Ryan Sanders is not really a young quarterback, but outside of that, you know, it's, there's not a there's not a whole lot of wily veterans that can you know can overcome 
the level of complexity that Bill Belichick throws at you defensively. So, you know, I hate to say it, but you know, and they got a, they got a, uh, they got an interesting schedule going at a stretch. Now they still had to play the Bills twice. You know, a few other tough opponents that are, you know, because I literally think their schedule literally split down the middle. Where, you know, if you have, I think we had, so we had nine games in, I don't think they have a bye week yet. So they got eight games left. So out of the eight, I want to say four are winnable and four are tough opponents. Uh, and two of those games are against the Bills. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying that it's a lock right at this point because, I, again, you know, Mac Jones, he, he has a limited ceiling as well. You know, he's not Tom Brady at all, not even close. You know, I'll give Tom Brady more credit in his first start year starting that he in New England that will get Mac Jones up to this point. So, and, and and so on. I just don't think he'll he has a level of uh uh ability to ascend to Tom Brady's level of uh, quarterback play. But regardless of that, they're putting him in the in positions to win. That's the biggest thing. You know, that's the biggest thing. So, you know, if you know, if t- if nine or ten wins where they can maybe sneak out a win against a playoff contending team, we might be talking about a whole another uh, conversation. And I, you know, I guess at that point we just have to give it to the civil lord. You gotta get it with his due. You know, but I wait till that shoot drops first. You know, I still think the Bills are the favorite, but you know, with them losing by the by God one win Jaguars, I'm not as confident as I was two weeks ago. But yet again, you know, Bill don't make a lot of mistakes. They're very, you know, they, they play their way. And it does, it's like what like they call it the Patriot way. They play the Patriot way and they stick to it. And if you can't you know, rise above that and be the better team that day and not, you know, you know, beat yourself in a lot of regard, you know, because again, they played, they played the Chargers two weeks ago and the Chargers just completely, utterly defeated themselves in that game. And again, then the Patriots are not going to make any mistakes. So, you know, if you make, you know, they literally could beat you on your mistakes alone. They won't beat you in a better talent, but they'll beat you because you make mistakes and they don't. You got 100 yards of penalties, they got five. That's that's a recipe for disaster. This is that's typically a win uh, for the sturdy and steady New England Patriots. So we'll see. <laughs> we will see how things break down, you know, going forward, but. We could be talking about in, eight, in five or six weeks that they're literally a, a serious uh, threat to be a, a playoff team. And you get in the playoffs, it's a whole different, different ball game. And again, you got none but young quarterbacks in the AFC. So, yeah, I'm not saying it can shock the world, but stranger things have happened. Stranger things have happened. So, let's get into the injury report real quick. Uh, it's not much uh, new on here, but there's some th- some few notable things. Uh, Chase Edmonds uh, went out with a high angle sprain, so he's going to be out uh, three to four weeks, I think. Um, so that's a blow to the uh, offense of the Cardinals. Um, although James Cardinal picked right up where he left off at and took his touches and, and had a hat trick of touchdowns against the Niners, but um, but they're, you know more single threaded now with Carter versus having a two headed running tech with Edmonds and, and Carter. So that that's going to be rough. So and you still have Kyler, D Hop, and AJ still kind of questionable with injuries. Kyler got an ankle, D-Hop got a uh, hamstring, and I'm not, I'm not sure exactly what AJ's issue is, but they all have questionable issues, so they could be uh, limited in the practices we can play, or they could be out another week. You know, so, you know, it just depends, but they got, a lead, got at least a one-game lead on the Rams, so 
you know, we'll see how uh, things shake out when it comes down to whether or not they're going to be available in the next game. So, um, so that's one set of injuries. Uh, Brian Burns took an ankle injury in the game against the Patriots this past week. And, and I have to say this, that what Mac Jones did to Brian Burns was foul. You know, that's why I'm kind of like, I'm kind of torn about reporting about the Patriots and I'm kind of torn about giving them credit because what Mac Jones did to Brian Burns was a complete early foul. And I really think, and if you haven't seen it, go look it up. He really, twi- he, he literally, Brian Burns sacked him, caused a fumble, and Mac Jones reached out, grabbed his ankle, and twisted it in the whole opposite direction that Brian Burns is going in and hurt, and hurt his ankle. Now, we just exactly don't know exactly how bad it's hurt, but the moment he did it, he was driving in pain. I mean, it was literally like a a, a, a scene out of like a um, a Muay Thai uh, competition or a wrestling move, you know. But even the wrestling moves aren't as gruesome, you know, as as this type of thing, you know. I mean, somebody said on Twitter that he she put tried to be Kurt Angle versus being Mac Jones, put him in the ankle lock, which I mean, you know, it's not funny at all. But that's what it that seemed like. Well, it's almost like what it was, you know. There's nothing football about what he did. Everything that's foul. And I got a lot of questions for the league if they don't step in at least fine Mac Jones for that, because I think I, I think I I, I ripped uh, the D lineman from the from the uh, Cowboys last year. I'm, I'm, his name is escaping me at the moment. He played last year. I'm pretty sure he's not on the team this year, but he played last year and he did that to uh, Chris Carson. I want to say running back for the Seahawks. So he like he literally gator rolled his knee, uh, purposely trying to hurt him. You know, same type of fashion. Like he tackled him, and like he literally, like, rolled over, like did a three sixty roll over his knee, twi- and hyperextended his knee. Really foul, and I'm I think he got fined for that. But yet again, I, they need to look at Mac Jones's uh, video and get because they have a close up on it, close up on it. They have a, a regular video on it, and it looks bad. And I think it's really foul. And I, I, I again, I, he can say what he wants to say about he thought he had the ball and he was just trying to tackle him. But who tried to tackle somebody by ripping their ankle on? Like, I mean, you literally ripped his ankle from one place to the other. Like, you went, you went from right to left. And, you, and it, it, the ankle doesn't turn that way. So, you know, but in the same game, Sam Donald ended up with an injury. He has a shoulder injury. He's kind of questionable um, with that. But in that, honestly, truly, with him being questionable, I might sit him down and let him get his mind right because he's not playing good quarterback right now. Um, does he have a major injury? So, but I would say... He needs to sit down and get his mind right because his quarterback play in the last few weeks has been atrocious. It, it was the worst going against the Patriots this past week. Uh, Trevor Lawrence has an ankle injury. Um, slight, I think this, they say it's mild. It's not really concerned whether or not he'll play this week or not. I think that he'll be okay. Uh, maybe a little bit limited in practice, but I think he'll play. Um, so something I was classified as a minor spring. Uh, the, the 49ers were so lucky, though. They lost their right tackle for the year, Mike McGlinchey, to quad injury. Uh, he's hurt uh, for the year, so that's going to affect the uh, 49ers run game. So, um, you know, I, I kind of feel like I do these injuries for uh, a little bit of a fantasy uh, note as well. So if you're paying attention to this, um, you know, so you have, like I said, if you have the Cardinals on your team, you got, you know, John, the James Conner is the lead back now, Kyler, D. Hopping, AJ banged up, so that's going to affect their offense. Um, Trevor Lawrence has got a little bit of ankle. Uh, the 49ers injury on the O-line is going to hurt their running game. Uh, you got the quarterback and the DN for the Panthers out, so that's gonna hurt. So 
Yo, so I would say that was probably the major injuries for the uh, week in that regard. So, um, so uh, yeah, let's get into our hot games of the week. Um, do a quick recap on that and uh, give my takeaways on, in that particular facet. Now, again, I went two and four this week. Um, a lot of upsets. Um, I had the Bengals beating the Browns, and clearly the Browns made me a liar. But beating the Bengals 41 to 16 in their house, completely undressed the Bengals. Defense played really well, and uh, the running game of the Browns was, was dominant as it's been practically all season. I think the only team that really stymied their run was the Steelers. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, Peoples Jones had a long touchdown from Baker. Um, it was a complete and utterly uh, uh, a bad day at the office for the Bengals. It really was. And, and there's a trend. It was a trend going on last week that a lot of these home teams that were favorites end up getting beaten, be bad. And we're, we're going to underscore that as we go down the line. But again, my takeaway is that I was waiting for the Bengals to show me something. This was the game I was really looking at because I've been saying for a couple of weeks now, are they for real? Are they for real? Are they for real? And I was saying, this is their breakout game. This is the play. They're at home. They got the Browns coming in. The Browns got, got a bunch of, you know, noise just in the locker room. And Odell and, you know, Baker being hurt. And, you know, just they floundering right now. You know, this is a perfect time for them to take advantage of them, be a good team, and ascend towards making it being a playoff team. And they completely utterly let me down. So I'm not a believer in the Bengals at all. So that's my takeaway. Um, the Browns, I'm waiting on to see more, you know, with them out without having Odell. Uh, we'll see, you know, next, you know, two to three games, how they play. Um, if the office is truly fluid and working, you know, at a high clip and Jarvis and people Jones are lighting it up and Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt and these guys are running all over people, then, hey, you know, you know, it's, it's all right. I'm still not going to use, let you use Odell's escape goal, but, you know, at least for, for, for the sake of your team, you know, you moved on. You, know, you moved on and got, got out of that relationship and started a new one. So the Broncos go to go to Dallas. Dallas was favored by nine and a half in this game. And I, and I picked the Cowboys to, to win in cover, and they got completely blessed by the Broncos. Completely blessed. Lose, they lost 30 to 16. I mean, man. Um, it's been I'm mean, Vegas has been really winning on us this particular uh season. Because the spreads have been all over the place, and nobody seems to be covering nothing. I'm telling you, nobody seems to be covering nothing. And I did not, you know, because most people think thought that the Broncos had melted in. They traded Von Miller, you know, you know they still got their corners and things of that nature, but you know, they, they they affected their pass rush. Bradley Chubb still hurt. Von's gone. They don't really have a pass rush anymore, so we thought. And we're like, okay, linebackers are beat up. You know, they did get a linebacker from uh, the Rams, but regardless, you know, I just think that, you know, I didn't expect much from the Broncos going forward. And they come into Dallas and totally, completely stuffed them in a locker. <laughs> like, you just, like, those nice, you know, expensive lockers that Jerry got in that, in that stadium, they stuffed every cowboy in it, and they would not let him out. Would not let him out. 30-16. And it wasn't, and it honestly truly wasn't as close as, as the score in, in the being. They got some garbage touchdowns at the end. I believe it was 30 to nothing at one point. Completely utterly beat down. So I lost that game, too. And my takeaway from this is I, I would say for the Cowboys is an outlier in game. I, I think that you can literally take it as that, you know, we just that's the one game we play bad and we just yeah, just it just was a bad day at office. It really was. Uh I think they could bounce back from this and especially with their schedule being light and they're playing their division, 
uh, primarily in the last back half, um, especially the last four to five games. I think it's all division. So I think they'll be fine overall, as long as they stay healthy, you know. And, but I'm just not sure what to make of the Broncos, honestly and truly. I don't know. I mean, I still don't think that Teddy Bridgewater is playing well quarterback-wise. Um, they did get Jerry Judy back, and it seemed like their offense has been a little bit better. The run game seemed to be working really well. That two, that's where the monster with Williams and, and Gordon is working. So they could they could bounce back and, and win some games. I mean, I think they need to win for their coach's job anyway. So we'll see how things shake out, but I'm not going to write them off just yet. So now we got the Vikings and and uh, going into Baltimore to play the Ravens. Ravens were favored by five and a half. And when I say they narrowly escaped beating the Vikings, now and and I I I really really was at the point where I wrote the Vikings off. I'm like I can't I can't beat I can't bet on these guys anymore. I just can't. Kirk Cousins really gets underneath my skin <laughs> when it comes down to his ability to play quarterback. Really gives me my skin. Very, very, very limited. But yet again, this is what I talked about earlier. The Ravens always seem to find ways to <laughs> to keep people in games. You know, and it literally is a dogfight. It's like a playoff battle every week, practically. Only, only, only boat race they had was against the Chargers. I hate to keep bringing that up, but that's the only game they honestly and truly were. You know, not. It wasn't a bar. It wasn't a dog fight. It wasn't a dog fight. But every other game has been close. Like you know, either you had to come back from being down, or you know, you, you know, you had to, it was tit for tat the whole game. You know, this and the third. You know, they. I mean, they fought through in there with the Lions all the way up to the, the Chiefs and the Vikings. So I don't know. I mean, it, it could be a a good thing maybe if you want to look at it from this perspective. Like you know, if they are in close games and they win close games repeatedly, they know how to do it. If they get in the close game in the playoffs, they can pull it out, you know, versus losing. So it may be a blessing in disguise. I don't know. But I think they will, you know, honest and truly end up in the playoffs, but, you know, how far will they go? You know, and will they finally ever get healthy? Because it seems like, you know, one person comes in, the other one goes out. Activate Nick Boyle, look, Terry's Murray, got an egg injury. You know, it's weird. It's weird, but, you know, they keep winning. So I got to give them credit. So I just don't, you know, I just know that they're going to be in a nail biter every week. I feel like, and again, I'm still not betting on the Vikings anymore. I refuse. <laughs> I'm just refusing to do it. <laughs> so in the in the inter- most interesting uh, game of the week, um, the Packers went to Kansas City without Aaron Rodgers. His COVID laden body stayed in Green Bay, and uh, they flew out to KC to play the Chiefs. Now, the Chiefs at this point, even though they had no Aaron Rodgers, they were only favored by one point. Crazy, right? Um, So these are the two games I won. I won the Ravens game. Well, actually, I didn't even win, technically win the Ravens game because they didn't cover. But regardless, I did at least win the Chiefs game. Uh, But it was ugly. <laughs> it really was ugly. And, and again, much as we should, we should hate Rodgers for lying, he still had the Packers rigged over the Coles because Jordan Love is not it. He really is not it, you know, and him clowning his mother for having the, the worst nosebleed seat in America, <laughs> you know, watching the game. They kept focusing on her. It's so bad. And he didn't play well at all. I mean, and you had a year and a half in the system playing with the same guys practically day in and day out, and you could not move the ball on this horrible, 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 horrible Chiefs defense. That sells a lot to me. Now, you know, you will say, well, get a man a chance. 
No, it's only his first game, his first live action, first real NFL game. Listen, if you can't move the ball on the Chiefs defense, you you don't need to be playing quarterback. Everybody moves the ball on the Chiefs defense. Everybody. That's why, excuse me. That's why that's why uh Patrick Mahomes is pressing so hard to score points all the time. Because he knows his defense is gonna give up, you know, a, a zillion points if he doesn't. You know, they're gonna be down 30 before he blinks. You know, that's exaggeration, but you get the point. And the Packers can only muster seven points in this game. They lose the game 13 and seven. You know, now, I don't know if that's an indictment on the Chiefs either because they only put up 13 points, but then the Packers defense is way better than their Chiefs defense, you know, pound for pound. But they only put up 13 points at home versus a, 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 a Packers team that couldn't get out of neutral. So I got a lot of questions about the effectiveness of the Chiefs as a whole period. And I'm not betting on them to go for, forth and be uh, dominant uh, going forward or being uh, better against good teams. But you know, I promise you, if Aaron Rodgers plays this game, they lose. Now I'm talking about the Chiefs. So if you, if you struggle with a backup quarterback and you only win 13-7, to 7, that's, that's, that's really talent for the future of the Chiefs. And I just don't know what's going to write the shit for them at this point because it's just it's not getting better. It's not getting better from an offensive perspective. So I don't know. But the Packers, I'm going to wait and see. They got Seattle this week. Russell was coming back from his injury. He was cleared to come back from his injury. So he's going to be back. But will Aaron be there? But no practice for the last two weeks. He can his he can only, his first day to be able to be cleared for uh the play is that Saturday before the game on Sunday. And typically, that, that Saturday you don't practice. You know, it's either a travel day or you're getting prepared for the game the next day. So he don't have he's not gonna be able to practice at all, which where may or may not matter. But how's his wind gonna be? How's his sickness gonna be? He's gonna be available. He's gonna be cleared. Who knows? Are you looking at Jordan Love again? And I guarantee you, Seattle win that game, but Jordan Love's playing. I'm just saying. So we'll see. But if they go down, if they lose two to three games because Aaron isn't there and or comes back and this isn't quite right because you know he hadn't been able to run or exercise or do anything, you know, because he's been quarantined for two weeks. We'll see. We'll see. But again, in my mind, if, if it goes down in that fashion, that regard, he will completely have derailed their season because of his bullshit. I'm just saying. <sighs> so moving on to the Cardinals in the 49ers game in San Fran. Um, this was even spread going into the game. And I was concerned because I wasn't sure if Calum Murray was going to play or not. And they literally went up to the game an hour before the game to call him out for the game. And I'm like, well, okay, the Niners going to win. You know, that was my pick. If then the Cardinals play, if the Cardinals play Kyler out of battle on the Cardinals, but if the Niners didn't, if they didn't play with, uh, play their back, had to play against their backup, I was going to say the Niners were going to win. I picked the Niners. And the Cards, Kingsbury the God, rolled out Cole McCoy out of bed and drubbed the Niners in San Fran. I mean, come on, man. <laughs> you can't write this stuff. You can't write it. It's crazy. They walked into San Fran and again, you know, they they watch the Broncos stuff, the Cowboys in the locker, and they did the same thing to the Niners. Just didn't care. I mean, Cole McCoy, you know, Kyler Murray, it don't matter. We we we're here. That's why I say, you know, it's you know, it's keep your eye on it. I'm not I'm not crowning them. But keep your eye on it because if you can do that, if you have the same production no matter who playing quarterback right now, that means just Kingsbury just in his bag right now. So I'm interested to see going forward with the Cardinals, how far the Cardinals can go and how deep of a run they can make 
with the team they have, you know, minus JJ Watkins, he's out for the year now. But you know, with Kyler being healthy, you know, if they are completely totally healthy on offense, very problematic for people to have to deal with. The defense is still good. They might be missing a good run stopper, but up front and the secondary is still good. Buda Baker, Isaiah Simmons, David Collins, Chandler Jones. It looks good on paper. So I'm curious how far they can go, but I'm pretty much a Broken off the Niners at this point. It's just, it's just a, it's a wrap. It's a wash season, and it'll be, it'll be curious to see how they move forward with Jimmy and or Trey Lance uh, going forward. I think at some point, you know, once he's healthy for, for sure, I think when they, you know they really get two or three more games, they if they lose them, they probably just roll out Trey Lance for the rest of the year and let him play, let him get some snaps under his belt, and kind of see what they have in him, so they can honestly truly make a conscious decision about what they want to do as far as maybe moving on from Jimmy and going with Trey. Or let Jimmy play one more year and then let Trey learn for one more year, then roll him out. It just depends on his development, how well he plays down the stretch. So that's my takeaway from that game. So the nightcap on Sunday night, the Titans versus the Rams at SoFi. Now, no Derrick Henry in this one. So I think that the Rams had a little bit of, uh, uh, I guess you can say, hubris, you know, winning hubris. When it comes down to playing the Titans, it's like, well, sure, they ain't got Henry. We good. <laughs> you know, that was really only person we were really worried about. Tannehill, we're not worried about him. You know, we're not worried about, you know, A.J. Brown and, and Julio. They might pull a pop a hamstring at any moment. Boy, were they wrong. <laughs> Boy, were they wrong. And they just out-physical them. Bully ball. Out-physical them. And they literally, I said, you know, we're in the same thing with stuffing people in the locker at home. You walk into people's houses and stuffing them in their closet and locking the door. That's what the Titans did to the Rams. They were, the Rams were favored by seven and a half, and they lost 28 to seven, 16, excuse me, 28 to 16. They were favored by seven and a half, 28 to 16, Titans. And they ran the ball. They threw the ball. You know, they, they tormented them on defense. The D-line was living in the backfield, all in Stafford's grill the whole night. Jeffrey Simmons had a day. Three sacks. Three sacks. <laughs> it was crazy. It was crazy. He had a pick six. Kevin Byer picked off a pass in the flats, pick six. He had another turnover on the one-yard line because of, of Jeffrey Simmons living in the backfield, sack, trying to sack Cole McCoy for safety. He threw the ball out of the end zone to get picked. That was another easy score. So he gave it, that's 14-point swing right there. Crazy, crazy game. Crazy, crazy game. Now, I think that uh, it's a bit of a humble pie for the Rams. This is my takeaway. So I think they will bounce back, and I think they still will be fine. And we still haven't seen Von Miller yet either. So that's going to add a dimension to this game that's going to help them get better defensively as well. Um, and add more possessions to the offense, and I think they just need to get uh, out of the stale rut they were in this past week and, and get back on track offensively, and I think they'll be fine. So again, it just might have been a bad game for them. But the Titans, man, the Titans have been the Chiefs, the, the Bills, and the Rams. I think they beat the Cardinals too, now if I'm not mistaken. So all they do is beat good teams. So again, I'm not crowning them because I got Titans on my fantasy team. Not crowning them. But when they I'm looking at a 72 record as if like, hey man, <laughs> hey, they they just they literally might be built with the right stuff. I'm just saying, you know, even without Henry, you know, even without Derrick Henry, you know, they just really might be built for the, for the long haul. I'm just saying, and it's the outside chance that they may get Henry back for the playoffs. That's, that's, that's a win. That's a win. Also, they lost to the Cardinals. I'm sorry. 
lost the Cardinals and they had a weird loss to the Jets. But they beat the the Colts twice, they beat the Rams, they beat the Chiefs, the Bills, and the Seahawks. So yeah. And looking at the schedule going forward, it looks pretty light. <laughs> Look at this. I'm reading this to you real quick. As we as before as before we wrap up the segment, I'm gonna read this to you. They got the Saints, the Texans, the Patriots. The Jaguars, the Steelers, the Niners, and the Dolphins, then the Texans, the wrap up the season. They get messing around and go undefeated for the rest of the season if they play ball, the right ball. They're really good. I really feel like in that game, the 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 Saints might be the toughest game. Better than the Patriots, maybe. Maybe. And they play the Patriots in New England, so that should be a tough game. We got the Saints the Saints at home. So oh man, I'm telling you. It just might be. It just might be. I ain't crowning them. I'm not crowning. Them. I'm not putting. It, I'm not putting it on wax. Not crowning them, but it's definitely, definitely something to look at. And look at the Cardinals. The Cardinals got the Panthers, the Seahawks, the Bears, the Rams, the Lions, the Colts, the Cowboys, and Seahawks. I played the Seahawks twice. I played the Rams again. Um, but outside of that, <laughs> you know, the Colts probably be a tough game. The Cowboys probably be a tough game. But yeah, they got. But they'll be should be healthy by those games too. So should be interesting down the line. Definitely should be interesting down the line. So we'll see how things shake out. But that's my wrap up for my hot games of the week. So <laughs> I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. So let's get into uh our segment of blindside head of the week and grievance of the week. Let's get into that next. So ceremoniously, what I've been doing the last few weeks is uh has been given a, a a quick breakdown of things that were a complete and utter uh, blindside hit for me that I did not see coming. <laughs> it's rough. It's rough, man. I, I tell you, um, there's a lot. There's a lot that I didn't predict, but the two most glaring things that I didn't see happening this past week is the Broncos completely and utterly uh, destroying the Cowboys. I didn't see that coming. That was a complete total blindside hit. And the Jags beating the Bills. I did not see that happening either. That was complete and utter out of the clear blue sky. I'm running out of field thinking I got to think I'm, I'm on, you know, get a score and I can just get clocked out of nowhere. That's really what I, that's really where I'm at with it. That's really where I'm at with it. So that's my blindside hit of the week. So, Let's move on to the uh, grievance of the week. Tradition of Festivus begins with the airing of grievances. I got a lot of problems with you people. Now you're going to hear about it. Yes, I got, I got problems and concerns with a few things this week. <laughs> three main things. Three main things. So I have a problem yet again with NFL officiating. The inconsistency and the error of officiating that's been happening in this particular uh, brand of NFL football this season, the 2021 season, has been all-time bad. You've called horrible roughing passer calls. You've called horrible taunting calls. You've missed pass interference calls. You call pass interference calls that aren't pass interference. And all these things, just though that's small microcosm, because what I'm trying not to do is be petty and 
pinpoint every I can literally go through every game film and pick out every bit of thing y'all doing wrong, but I'm not gonna do that. I'm not gonna be petty. I'm not gonna spend that time and energy doing that. But we can all see it as fans and people that cover this game. We all see it as a big time problem. And these things are changing the outcomes of games. Like that's my biggest issue with this and this grievance about this situation. You have to be better. And what makes it so bad? is that the efficiency is so so horrible with replay. You got challenges, you got replay, you have, you can conference and, and confer with referees and you still get calls wrong. Uh, it's, it's horrendously bad. I mean, I, again, I mean, just just in the Monday night game, a taunting call on, on Cassius Marsh. I mean, seriously, I mean, I mean, it, the taunting rule should not be a rule. And I promise you, I, I'm really going to rip the NFL if they don't take that out at the end of the season. And I do not, and I pray to God that I do not see that particular rule affect the playoff game. Because it's affecting games now. I mean, we're, we're, we're already done with that. We're, it's already affecting games. So we're, we're past that, that round. We're already done, went down that rabbit hole. But... The moment it affects playoff games, it costs somebody their chance to advance because you want to throw a, a ridiculous taunting call rule, taunting penalty. It's going to make me blow my top. It really is. But the NFL officiating has got to be looked at in the offseason. I mean, you have to take the multitude of, of bad calls. And I hope that, you know, if nothing else, somebody in the organization is, is pinpointing these things and submitting these to the league that are problematic so they can get it right. Cause it's been little issues here and there in the past several years. I mean, even harkening back to that obvious PI call they didn't call in the playoff game against the Saints. It caused the Saints the game. But that was just one small snippet. That that catch or non-catch in Seattle that one year. Bad officiating. But it was just one little thing here and there. And I'm looking at it game to game, week to week. It's just bad. I mean, it, I mean, it seems like every game has at least one or two bad calls in it. And they're literally 15-yard penalties. It's, 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 it's horrendously bad. It really is. And again, the competition community, the NFL, PA, anybody involved with the decision-making that comes to NFL officiating needs to be, this needs to be addressed. And it has to get better next year. Because again, we're stuck with the referee crew we got this year, and they're stuck with the rules that they have to enforce or not enforce. But my God, it has to get better. Because this is all-time bad. It's really all-time bad. Second grievance I have is this. Mac Jones, and I talked about this earlier about Brian Burns' injury. What Mac Jones did to Brian Burns is was was completely utterly horrific. And now I promise you again, I'm gonna rip the NFL for not finding Mac Jones if he if he if he does not get fined for that egregious act. You can't here sit here and tell me, you know, you can't tell you can't piss off the roof and tell me is is rain. Can't. Mac Jones should be fined for that. It was it was intentional. It was egregious, and he cost that man the ability to play a game that he worked so hard to get to by ripping his ankle up like that. I'm not again. I'm not still not sure exactly the severity of it. Just could be a, a, a sprain. Well, you know, which probably that particular sprain probably gonna make him miss at least one game. So again, I really think it was completely utterly foul. I don't know Mac Jones. I don't know what type of person he is. I don't really don't know much about him. But that particular act right there. 
it gives me pause. It gives me pause because if you have the gall to do something like that, I can't trust you. So NFL, you need to find Mac Jones for that. And set up a sample on that stuff. That, that type of stuff will not be tolerated. Don't not like do not let him get away with that. Period. And the third thing I have a grievance on as I wrap up this segment is the NFL's hypocrisy that has been rampant for years upon years, and it needs to, it needs to come to a pass. And the latest issue I have is with uh, Aaron Rodgers in his situation. Now, I, I, I don't have any faith that the NFL would truly suspend Aaron and or sanction the Packers organization, and this is why. The NFL knew all along that Aaron Rodgers was not vaccinated, and they did not take action the moment he broke protocol. The moment he was on the sideline in a game against the Saints without a, without a mask on, he broke protocol. First game. The moment he stepped to a press conference to talk to the media after game one with no mask on, he broke protocol. The moment he had a discussion with the um, reporters uh, on the field after the game, before he even got to the press conference with no mask on, he broke protocol. And you allowed this to go on for for eight game, eight more weeks after that. You know, and it wasn't until he contracted COVID that it became an issue because nobody knew because he lied that he was unvaccinated. So, yet again, the hypocrisy of your fake democracy is at at an ugly is is really his ugly head again. And you have to clean that up at some point. You know, well, you may not have to, but you should want to clean this up at some point. For the for the for the for the little bit of class that you have left, that 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 is the shield in the NFL, you know, because with the Gruden situation, the Washington Football Team situation, and a bunch of other things, why Colin Kaepernick still blackballed or white ball for that matter, it's all still looming over your head. But the little bit of credibility you have left, you need to save face and 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 cut out the idea of being of being of being uh it being for some not all. Because, again, I have no faith that you were suspend Aaron because you were complicit. But at some point, you got you to gotta break rank and decide that which right is right and which wrong is wrong. And Aaron should face penalty for this. This team, the him, everybody involved should, should face a penalty for this, for breaking protocol. Set a precedence that, that you are about the safety of the league rather than the uh, arrogance of, of one person. So that's my take on it. NFL, get your life together. And that's just it. Let's go wrap up the NFL. Who's in the news? Let's uh, move over now to our last segment of the day, the fourth quarter closeout. It's the Lockdown Davis Podcast.
step back with the fourth quarter closeout as the Lockdown Davis Podcast. I'm your host, Coach Defense. Another episode in the books, episode 52, is a wrap. We are here at the fourth quarter closeout. We're giving out our awards here for Breakout Player of the Week, Lockdown Defender of the Week, and Big Dummy of the Week. So, yeah. So, uh, yeah, episode 62, man. Uh, uh, we'll be right back here uh, next week as well at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on all platforms that you get your podcast from. So check us out, like, comment, subscribe. As always, share, share, like. Let everybody know we're out here. Hit the notification bell as well. So, uh, so you turn your notifications on so you know exactly when we go live with all our content, especially on YouTube. So uh, definitely get yourself going with the notifications so you know exactly when things go live and everybody's busy. So get those notifications. You know uh, when our content is live and we'll be right there for you, uh, for you listening and, uh, and so us and give us our feedback on how y'all think we're doing out here, man. Uh, but uh, so let's get into our awards, man. Let's talk about it. Um, we want to give a quick uh, uh, advertisement note, I guess you can say, uh, for uh, the weekly pick and league. Our weekly uh, advertisement. We got a pick and league going right now. It's going strong. Uh, we got about 12 members in uh, currently. Uh, we got eight spots left. Uh, so we want to get in for the back half of the weekly pick em league. It's the Yahoo pick em league. It's a $10 buy-in. Winner take all. It's a maximum of 20 players. So you can have a maximum payout of $200 each week. Opt out at any time. Uh, topic rules are in effect. Cash up and PayPal payouts are available. Uh, all games start. Uh, money's due before air. All games start on Thursday. Uh, hour before that. Um, Yahoo website and phone apps are available so you can go uh, computer or mobile to pick your uh, picks for the week and if you want to keep up to date with everything going on with the league you can get us our groupie chat with Agitate as well so if you're interested in any of that give me a uh, shout on uh, Instagram or Twitter my Instagram is Lockdown Davis Sports my Twitter is Lockdown Defense or if you want to email me at Lockdown Davis Sports at gmail.com you can do it as well I'm available in any of those uh, avenues Alrighty, so let's get into next. Let's talk about our schedule for the week. Um, as always, do our replays on Monday uh, with Sports Talk with Coach and Kurt on all platforms at 11 a.m. that goes live. Turn the notification bells on for that so we can get uh, notified when that goes live. Uh, Tuesday is always a podcast, 10 a.m. Uh, Thursday is our weekly picks uh, through the NFL season at 8 o'clock that goes live at 8 o'clock on YouTube. And Friday, we do Charter's Corner. We give all things, news and views for Charter's Corner and LA Chargers news uh, at 11 a.m. on Fridays on YouTube. And Saturdays, as always, we do our live show with Sports Talk with Coach and Creator at 9 p.m. on twitch.tv forward slash Lockdown Davis Sports. We're live each and every uh, Saturday at 9 p.m. live and direct. And like I said, the replay for that goes live on a Mondays at 11 a.m. So check us out. And our YouTube channel is Lockdown Davis Podcast. So you search that in the engines, it'll come up for you. All right, so let's give out our awards here. So uh, this week, breakout player of the week for, for quarterback play was Justin Herbert. Uh, Justin Herbert was 32 or 38, uh, completed over 80% of his passes. Uh, Completed, had 30, 356 yards passing, three total touchdowns, two he passed, one he rushed in, and he had a quarterback rate of 123.2. So we give Justin Herbert kudos for quarterback play is the best quarterback of the week. Jonathan Taylor is the best running back of the week at 19 carries, at 172 yards, and two touchdowns on Thursday night for the Colts. Fidel Patterson was the best receiver of the week with six receptions for 126 yards. Uh, didn't have a touchdown at all, but he definitely got regular yards in the air. Uh, and the lockdown defender of the week is Jeffrey Simmons, number one, uh, completely totally home record for the Rams in this game, completely totally changed the game for uh, the Titans and uh, ruined the offense uh, of rhythm for the Rams in, in its entirety. He has six total tackles, three solos, three tackles for loss, three sacks, and four quarterback hits. So he was all over the place in that game and had a completely utterly dominant game against the old, against the old line. Now, Josh Allen is the second one for the week. He uh, wrecked, completely and totally wrecked the other Josh Allen for the entirety of the game. He was harassing and in his face the entirety of the game. He had eight tackles, eight solos. He had a sack. He had two tackles for loss. 
in a pass breakup, an interception, and a quarterback hit. I mean, fill up the stats, Josh. Why don't you? So, so Justin Herbert, Jonathan Taylor, Cordero Patterson, Jeffrey Simmons, and Josh Allen, the DN for the Jags. You get our awards for Breakout Player of the Week and Lockdown Defender of the Week. <laughs> On the Big Dummy of the Week, I'm sure you know what it is. I actually have two. Aaron Rodgers and Mac Jones. Aaron Rodgers, for reasons I underscored in the podcast, if you listen to it at all, for being completely, utterly self-righteous and selfish and turning yourself into a uh, contentious and pretentious Brett Favre, you are big dummy number one. Big dummy number two is Mac Jones for that Bush League egregiously ugly play that you did on Brian Burns' ankle in, in the game against the Panthers. He needs to be fined. Aaron Rodgers needs to be punished. So do the Packers. And if the league does not step in and do what they're supposed to do in this regard, I got a lot of questions and I'm gonna have a lot to say about it going forward. So NFL, do what's right, fine, suspend, or do whatever you want to do. That's a, a capable punishment for these particular offenders and set a precedence that that type of tolerate behavior would not be tolerated and do the right thing for once in your life. So to Aaron Rodgers and Mac Jones, you get a big dummy of the week award. You big dummy. So that's gonna wrap it up, man. We appreciate everybody's support and love and admiration has been giving us the job giving us over this past year. It's been great. Um, we'll keep doing this thing big for y'all. We'll be right back next week. As always, give y'all the news and views that you can use. But until then, I'm your man, Coach Defense. Step up and lock it down.